Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 461. And this week I'm joined by one of my favourite people in the world. I'm joined by Mr. David L. Um, I've known David for ages, years ago, back in maybe 2011, maybe earlier than that, maybe later than that. I did a spoken word tour and I was a fan of David Earl's comedy character, Brian Gittins. So I got him to, I asked him if he'd be up for supporting me on this tour. And he came along and it was amazing. You might know David from D- Derek, from Afterlife, from all sorts of good things. Or from Twitch now. He's the person who got me into Twitch. I started watching Twitch properly with David Earl streams. But the really exciting thing, speaking of Brian Gittins, is this week David's film, Brian and Charles, is in cinemas all over the UK. I can't recommend it enough. Also, you know I always mention this with independent films. I really think it's important to get into the cinema and support But in this instance, it should be easier to convince you because Brian and Charles literally won the London Sundance Film Festival because it's amazing. I think I I think on last week's intro, I mentioned that this episode was coming. I think I think I said it won Cannes London, which is ridiculous. Cannes is a place. That's why it's called that. That's where it is. You can't do that in London. But anyway, it won the London a Sundance Film Festival, at time of recording this intro, it's number eight in the US movie charts. It came out earlier in America. It's the eighth biggest film in America, and it's this little indie that this amazing dude that I watch on Twitch every week has made. And it's a beautiful film, so I can't recommend you getting out and watching it enough. I'll also tell you now, there's a bonus episode out on Friday with Jim Archer, who's the director of Brian and Charles. And he's wonderful as well. He's having a hell of a month. He directed Big Boys, which you heard, you probably heard a few weeks back when I had um, Jack Rook and and John Poynton on. If you've not heard that episode, go back and listen to it. Even if only for the fact in the intro, there's like a little chat I had with David and Joe Wilkinson. Um, about what we would do if we won the lottery. So yeah, go back and listen to that, but also listen to it because Jack and John are amazing. Yeah, I'm doing a bonus episode on Friday with Jim Archer, who has said he's killing it at the moment, and we had a lovely chat. I think you're going to enjoy that. Let's get into the podcast. In this podcast, we talk about all the things that have been mentioned there, and I might even surprise David with something towards the end. In fact, also, it's worth mentioning as well that Ch- Chatterbix, David's podcast, is currently the number one podcast in the iTunes chart in the UK. So, man, how's his month? How is the David's month? His film is killing it in America and winning awards in Europe. His podcast is the number one podcast in the UK, Ch- Chatterbix. And, I mean, no one's re- re- really paying any attention to his Twitch channel, but um, but speaking of Twitch, I'm on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv forward slash Scroobius Pipio. Me and David are planning on doing some things together on there at some point. There's a a game that we've been eyeing up t- to do as a little co-op. So yeah, we're keeping that in mind. So yeah, head over and, and follow me there. Follow David Earl over there. As ever, this 
episode is brought to you by speech development of com. that's where you can buy all sorts of wonderful glorious merch of mine and support the podcast in g- general and you can also support the podcast over at patreon.com forward slash scroobius pip now over to you vivian not really not really i just mentioned the patron in like one s- sentence so if you're a chatterbix fan you're welcome that's everything let's get on with the chat this is one of my favorite humans in the world this is mr david earl I've been up since four. You've been up since four? Yeah. Why? For Chatterbix? Yeah, but because Joe's... You don't want to hear this. <laughs> no, I want to hear all of this. Obviously, I, I'm I'm here with David Earl. I want to talk about Brian and Charles, but I also want to talk about Twitch and Chatterbix. And w- w- one of my genuine Chatterbix notes that I've written down is... Why do you do it? Why do you do Chatterbix? <laughs> is that a note? It's a genuine question. Oh, fuck. No, as you know, I love it. I oh, listen fuck. to I've listened to probably every episode, so I adore right. it. But hey. you so often seem to be having an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Because as I said, you have to be up at half four to do things because of other commitments and stuff like that. So Yeah. For those who don't know, Chatterbix is a daily podcast that you kind of started to be like a good morning type, a breakfast show type thing. I really wanted to do like this morning. Yeah. Yeah, good morning TV. Um, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm really tired. Look at my eyes. Fucking hell, sorry. You're you can swear all you want, mate. It's fine. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. I'm just looking at your um, tattoo. Yes. It's n- now or never. It, l- it looks like I'm a big fan of Mondays. It looks <laughs> like mum. You're a mum. <laughs> so my, what, me and my wife were talking about having our initials underneath our wedding rings. Lovely. So she got mine, <laughs> and I bailed. <laughs> I bailed out the night before because I was worried it was going to hurt. Right, it hurts a bit. Look, I've got fuck me. I've got pip on the inside of my lip, and that hurt a bit. But they're tiny, like particularly these kind of ones. I've got that's my record label, speech development records. Initials on your your knuckle aren't there. Gonna, aren't going to be a nightmare at all. Like it's long, it's longer ones that scratch away and kind of do you in well i went in there and spoke to the bloke and said is this gonna hurt he went yeah oh hurt a bit yeah it's it's scratching <laughs> I, I guess it's your first one as well there's pros and cons to that tattoo choice david because basically with bigger ones i've got my chest and my arm and my thigh and things like this they're going long enough to get you become numb to the pain <laughs> well what sort of pain is it like a scratchy yeah it's like it's a, a, a deep scratcher. Yeah, it's kind of. I'm holding a little a, a wire cable tie thing. It's like that, but constantly. Okay. For a little while. But again, that one that size is going to be just three little, basically three lines. To, you know. Yeah, it's going to be ten. I didn't 20, sleep the ten night fifteen before. minutes of that. <laughs> Fuck. I've had sleepless nights after every. A, t- a tattoo I've had weirdly. Have you? Every single 
one I've had, and all the ones I've got now I love. I had one removed recently after having it for 18 years. But every tattoo I've had, the night after, I've laid awake thinking, what have you bloody done that for? Oh, it's that. It's not the pain. It's No, no. Yeah, why have I got a raven on my cock? Just that. Oh, that's there forever now. Am I a fan? Do I like this that much? But all of them I'm fine with in the end. Yeah. But yeah, I had one, the, the first tattoo I ever had, I got when I was 18. And it's a, it, it was, it's the one I've had laser removed. And that hurts a lot more than getting them put on. Getting them taken off hurts a lot more than, than putting them on. It's like a wetsuit. You just reminded me what I was, I, I wasn't close to having it done, but I did. I remember there was a few days when I thought, I might have that done actually when I was 18. Yeah. Oh, and it was a mouse smoking a spliff. <laughs> On my shoulder. <laughs> on your shoulder. <laughs> That's the kind of thing you should just get a poster of, not get a tattoo of. A bloke walked into the pub, I was like, hello, he looks all right. There's a little tank top. <laughs> and a little mouse, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a big right. mouse. Yeah. Well, mine's as bad as that. Cause I, but I, I thought it was really, really yeah. clever stuff, clever yeah. business. So, Yeah, what was yours? On my lower back, I had a barcode. <laughs> Which even just from the start is horrific. Is just horrific because you know we're all we're all just you know yeah. we're all yeah, just, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. No, um, but it gets worse because the first six numbers of the barcode were my date of birth, mm-hmm. and the s- second six numbers lottery question marks question marks for my question date of death for my date of death. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Such a wanker! Is it any surprise I ended up doing poetry? What, oh, what kind of arrogance? Oh, I wrote loads of poetry. Is it? <laughs> I know. I've heard some of it in your music, in your lyrics. Anyway, but yeah, bad tattoos. I, yeah. I, after that, I realised I should have left them blank so someone could f- fill in the date of death. <laughs> yeah. After I died, that yeah. would have been a, yeah. a better idea. At least yeah. have that in your will. Can we get a tattoo artist to just complete the complete the cycle? When do you think your date will be? I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and I yeah. quite I'm quite into fitness, as we discussed years ago on one of my podcasts. <laughs> so I've really enjoyed hearing your new journey in into fitness on Chatterbix. But I realise that everyone says, "Oh, I don't keep fit because I want to l- l- live l- l- longer." I mean, we're going to get into some deep therapy st- st- stuff oh, here. Sure. <laughs> I'm not particularly scared of death. Life is far scarier. The idea that the, the idea that I'm 40 now, the idea mm. of doing all of this again. What, for 40 years? Another 40 years. If I was to live... Well, especially to, to in the 80, next 40, you're going to hurt. It's exhausting. It just feels gonna knackering. Hurt. I feel knackered now. How tired do you feel at the moment? Imagine you're only halfway through <laughs> your life. That's fucking terrifying. I went to watch cricket yesterday. At yeah. Summer, I watched Somerset at Taunton. Looked to my right. I think it's the Somerset coach. I'd say he was early 60s. He yeah. looks fantastic. He had great pair of pins. <laughs> I was like, there's no way that bloke's tired. Yeah. Why is he not tired and I am? Yeah, exactly. That is the that is the the <laughs> the big big question. But how are you finding your fitness? You, you've got a personal trainer. Again, it cracks me up that he keeps taking you out the front of the house to do your workouts <laughs> in front no. of everyone. Honestly, I, I every bloody week I say, oh, I've had tonsillitis. Oh, I've had a cold. Oh, my knee hurts. Oh, it's pathetic. 
Like whenever I get in, whenever I get going, if I do two or three weeks, I thought oh, I'm in a little groove here. I'll get ill or I'll yeah. get a little injury. Do you get that? Not so much now because Why? I've got really. In, this is going to blow your mind and you're going to hate it. But I've got really into to cold showers. Oh, and so cold, I. cold showers after my exercises. Oh, are, first are thing the in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I'll do my workout and then I'll have an ice cold shower. I've been doing them yeah. for for four years or so. I had Wim Hof on the podcast yeah, about four yeah, years yeah, ago. Um, he's all right. He's good. <laughs> he's doing well. <laughs> yeah. But I drifted out for a long time, so I'm only just getting back into them now. But um, I genuinely think that's r- really good for preventing injury. I um, did it last. I did it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. After I your workout. I did it last summer and I got into a little routine. Yeah. And then when the days got cold, I was like, oh, no, no, I want a warm one. Don't fancy but, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, how, how are you finding it overall? I heard you talking about the moments you regularly think, am I actually going too hard? <laughs> am I actually yeah. doing too much? And they are, again, I have, where I've started managing my own kind of r- 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 regimes now, I rarely push myself that hard. But, but I do think. I think those moments are important. I've had that numerous times where you are really you're you're str- str- struggling to get the breath. I have a yeah. thing where I'm like I can't get it into my lungs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, it it's like that, and yeah. But I do feel like anyone with any kind of fitness would watch me and go, "You're not doing anything. You're, there's nothing to worry about." You but shouldn't it's all relative, isn't it? It's all relative. Well, it is. It is if you're if if you're new to it, and I find those moments come when you're doing things that are working your whole body. Like I've never had that kind of breathlessness on 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 cardio. Like if I'm cycling or whatever else, I never get it on that. But if I'm doing oh, okay. weight stuff and this and that and that, he your doesn't whole give body me a break going, in between. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He doesn't give me a break. And we've got my office underneath the house, we've got steps up to the front door. So he gets me to run up and down the steps in in front of all the other houses. Yeah. <laughs> So that's all I'm thinking about. Is that all Just, you're thinking about, or are you thinking about Rocky? Well, what the shape of my body. <laughs> you imagining your Rocky at all? Yeah, I do that. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I do that. Of course I do. Uh, but I had my neighbour, Phil, come round. That's a few weeks ago. He was just, you all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm just, just boxer-sizing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. All right. But I started, I, I was doing some boxing last week with some kicking. Right. That's up your alley, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a bit of kickboxing. Yes, kickboxing. Simple. That's all you need to do. You, put, <laughs> you, you spin them words round, boxing with kicking, remove the whip, <laughs> pop the kick at the front, kickboxing. Yeah, a bit of kickboxing. Very functional, <laughs> very functional Works, bit of business there. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Yeah, so I've been doing that. What should we call like it? Boxing pro- with kicking? <laughs> I've got an idea. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that. How was that? Because the kicking like is something that you feel like a right prat, particularly oh, when you've like not got much prat. flexibility and all this kind of thing. Yeah, because he's getting me to bend down low and hook and uppercut. And my, why are you oh, laughing? See? I love it. I love it. <laughs> See, my right wrist was, anyway, whatever. You need to, you need, uh, surely you're going to start filming these and have that as a Patreon extra. That'll have them flood into your Patreon. No, so I want people to start respecting me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go back to the first question. Why do you do Chatterbox? (laughs) I don't know. I love it. I thoroughly enjoy it, but I do sometimes worry that it's going to 
ruin yours and Joe's relationship because you do regularly seem to feel genuinely annoyed with each other. And oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I don't that, think we that's are. That's the only bit I, I worry about. There's points where one of you will find a way to get get to the other one, and it was like, yeah. all right, well, no, I don't want to do this. Or how did it start? It started because you were writing together, right? You were working on Cockfields, was it? And you kind of decided, yeah, and just we've been writing for years, and. Uh... I wanted to do a podcast blog. Hmm. You know, I've been watching the vloggers and thought, let's do our own audio version. Yeah. Do it every day. Turn it into a little soap opera. Love it. And, yeah, when I was working in gardening, podcasts were my – they were so precious. So when when my favourite podcasts, when I'd listen to them, I was like, oh, no, what next? Mm. So with Chatterfix, <laughs> don't you worry, there's another one coming in 24 hours, boy. And then and 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 then you started an, another podcast anyway with my new f- f- football club. You, you, you've done a lot of podcasts over the years. Well, yeah, yeah. I said to Joe, "Well, you know, you can be in more than one TV show. Let's just throw shit at the wall and just do loads of podcasts." It's a positive outlook. <laughs> so we'll stick this one in the sports category and. Uh, yeah, we should probably rein it in now, shouldn't we? No, I love it. Okay, I, we'll do I, another one. I, I love it. I think it works. And I like that you're now coming up with ideas and doing them and releasing them because um, I'm sure it was Ed Gamble I had on at one point. No, it was on the Pod Bible podcast, and we were talking about one of your podcasts, and he was like, I've been on podcasts of his that never got released. So I've been on podcasts of his that never got released. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that everyone is now releasing podcasts. Yeah, I know. I know. That's fine, isn't it? Yeah. Wrong with that. No, I like yeah. it. Oh. I, I like it. Well, before we get too distracted, let's talk about Brian and Charles, because it's it's what you're on a promo run of. How, I want to ask how you find promo runs, because you're – and get ready f- for this, because there's a compliment coming. I've never met anyone who's as talented but has – as much self doubt as you, like you really aren't a fan of 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 of, of promoting your stuff or saying that or being pr- pr- proud of your stuff. Almost it is. There is often a kind of oh that was shit. Oh it's all right. And but you've got to do that on Brian and Charles. So, so how are you finding the promo side of it of telling people here's my thing and not feeling like a prat? And because again you get self conscious on all of these things. I know yeah. this. So I mean I'm proud of the film. And, you know, everyone involved and Jim's done a lovely job of it. It's just a brilliant job of it. And uh, But I do look at it going, well, it's not Robert Redford in the middle of it, is it? Mate, I honestly, I've told you this privately, I thought it was amazing. I went in, you know I'm a fan of of of, of you and as, of, of Gittins. Number one, I was excited when you sent me a link to it because I thought, he must know this is good. Oh right, because yeah, because I, you're I not really one. For, you, you're not normally one for going. Oh, here's 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 this new or here's this thing I've been working on. It's yeah. normally I'll hit you up going. Oh, I just watched this. You were like, yeah, I did that. It's like it's fucking great. <laughs> right, right, right. So the the fact that you were willing to share it, right, and it blew me away. So yeah, did it, you it, genuinely liked it. I thought it was amazing. It's honestly, oh, okay. it's it's going to be in my films of the year list. And you know, I went in. As a fan of Brian Gittins, expecting a film, yeah, film of the year. 
one film yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch one film this year. No, yeah. I went in expecting, like, as a fan of Gittins, but knowing that part of the appeal of Gittins is he divides the room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's an appeal that some people will love and some will not enjoy at all. So I expected a film that would be very, some people will like this, I'll get it. Oh God! I wonder what you were expecting then. Me and your Twitch community will get it, but yeah. the, the rest of the world aren't really going to have any idea. And no. I've got a film that I think I'd, I'd show to anyone. I'd happily watch. Like you know those films that you love, but you think I don't want to watch it with my wife or with wow. or, or with whomever else because you're like, oh, it's they're not going to get it. It's going to be yeah. awkward. It's not yeah. that. I'd, yeah. I'd happily watch it with anyone. It's a oh. yeah, it's a joy. Well, we we definitely went into it. Uh, wanting to make something really accessible. Actually, my mum was the first person who got in touch with me and said, I love it. I thought, my mum loves like, what? You don't like anything I do. <laughs> Comedy related. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she really liked it. And then my boys really liked it. I was like, oh, right. And so that was the first time I thought, oh, maybe this is, uh, mm. yeah. So, I, I, yeah, so we, we wanted to make it, for everybody, a family film, or maybe for children, maybe they've hit sort of 10, 11, 12, and it's a bit cheeky sitting with their parents watching yeah. it. And, um, oh, good. I yeah. wanted to, we, I would, or I had like live action Pixar in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. started writing it with some odd sort of documentary, documentaries that Th- I like. That's what I think is so astounded about it. And I'm talking to, the director Jim after you today. I'm recording oh. a podcast with him as well. Um, okay, but one of the things that astounded me in the writing and in the directing of how quickly you make absolutely bizarre c- c- characters and situations feel completely normal. Like it didn't. It didn't feel like crazy oddball Brian Gittins. It does at first. At first, you're like, oh, who's who's this weirdo? And then you just yeah. you come to it because it's about a guy who lives on his own and makes a robot to be his friend, essentially. Yeah. Which sounds bizarre. And in Pixar, you can get away with that because it's all cartoon and it's all adorable. In real life, yeah, that's not an easy th- thing to manage. But I No, thought- we sort of wanted to make you feel for him straight away as soon as he's sort of showing people around the house. Yeah. And then when he goes into the village and you see that the woman who runs a shop likes him and yeah. gets him. Yeah. So we we wanted to drop that in immediately. So yeah. So hopefully the audience are on side straight away. But I because I've been inside that fucking boat for years, I forget that to an outsider it might be he might be uh, a bit confusing to begin with. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Gittins oh, then, because you, <laughs> as you know, I'm a fan, and you know because the first time we kind of interacted was me hitting you up asking if you'd come and. Yeah, and, and tour with me as Brian, and every show you did with me and Kay Tempest, you ap- apologized to me as soon as you finished. Did I? <laughs> and did I, I? Yeah, and I absolutely adored it. <laughs> and it was my favorite thing. But you had that relationship with the character, right? You'd it was a love hate thing, gigging wise, because if you've absolutely nailed it. It's going to be a mixed crowd, right? <laughs> because he's a you, you, he's a comedian who's not good at comedy, but yeah, he kind of is. And the crowd, like you, don't go out there, you don't pre-warn unknowing crowds. Oh, this is a character I'm doing. You kind of no, come out as this it. as this weird guy. So yeah. yeah, how has it been? 
being I'm with Brian for salt. so long. I'm a sensitive yeah. salt. I know. I so, know. <laughs> so, uh, so going out as, as him, like you said, if it divided the room on one on one side, I was like, here we go. This is this is interesting. Something's yeah. happening in the room. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. And some people are really getting it, and I'm really pleased that they're having a good night. But the sensitive side of me is, oh, no. And it was really difficult to divorce myself from – and then I feel real, really responsible to the promoter. Yeah. But then I have the other side of it. Well, you fucking booked me, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I felt really responsible. To, you know, I, I wanted the room to have a nice time for you so the night went well. It's really tricky doing that. Yeah. Because you obviously care as a stand-up. You want people to like you. Yeah. But for that to work, some have got to hate you. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, again, I also think I can see you having watched a Harry Hill or someone. Oh, like, he's like my favourite. Pre-TV kind of thing, even. him oh. Imagining him in clubs and knowing that half the room aren't going to get it half R and, oh. and adoring that balance, but not thinking about the fact that Harry Hill might not be a sensitive soul. <laughs> yeah. So I can imagine you going, this is the comedy I love, but then actually oh. doing it going, oh, shit, I didn't expect. I love yeah. watching it from the crowd, but being up here, I now feel a guilt that half these people don't get it. And thing is, he's only human. I mean, he's yeah. got to be feeling yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but I remember the first, when I first, before the first gig I ever did, I thought, if I can make someone laugh as hard as Harry Hill makes me laugh, that was the, then I've love done it. my job. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, fuck me, what a rocky road that's been. And sort of aimless, an aimless rocky road for about a decade. <laughs> or I'd say there was at least five years in my memory that you were trying to stop doing gittins. <laughs> that you wanted, yeah. like, every time I talked to you, like, no, I'm done with this. And then... I know. Gervais would book you or something because he was a fan of the, the character. You'd be like, oh, I guess I've got to yeah, keep well, going. Yeah, I, I also had to pay my bills. Not that I would yeah. ever make any yeah. money from that character, yeah. but um, it was just so tough. Yeah I, yeah, I didn't have a thick enough skin for that character, I don't think. So what was the, the journey from that to the film then? Because, again, it's 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 a variation of the character, I guess, but it's... As as a character that you maybe wanted to walk away from at some point, what was the journey to going making a short about him and then and then a feature? Or, or when did Charles come in again? These I'm throwing multiple questions at you, but at what point did Charles become a Charles Francesco, your robot friend? Oh, so nice having him arrive on the scene because then I could do live gigs with my mates, yeah, and share the yeah share the pain. But I, so I was doing a, a radio, internet radio show uh, where I'd get members of the public to call in. I mean, no one listened to it, maybe 20 people. So members of the public would call in. And then Rupert, uh, produced, you know Rupert? You know Rupert, don't you? The yeah, producer of Brian yeah. Charles. Yes. So yes. he rang in using the voice, the software, and started talking to me as Brian. And it really made me laugh. And we created this little relationship where I... I'd ask him a question and then he'd take a while to type out the response. So I'd, I'd wait patiently for him. And and that just, that those pregnant pauses made us laugh. And, and then Chris Hayward was listening. He was really enjoying it. He got in touch with us, wanted to get involved. And he said, I, I can't remember how it happened, but he built Charles over a weekend. Amazing. Well, it took, took, took like an hour. <laughs> and, 
if that. So Charles is a cardboard box that Chris would get inside of, and then he bought a litter picker-upper, and he attached that to a mannequin head, and so he would then control Charles's head on top of the cardboard box. Yeah. And then we thought, oh, let's do it live, because it's really funny. The first time I saw Charles live, he was like eight foot tall, and we did a... <laughs> I was lumbering so onto the stage awkwardly. Yeah, with Chris inside it, and then Rupert would voice Charles from the back of the room. And the fun was, um, did you ever see Charles live? Yeah, yeah, oh, you a did? few times. And I think he oh. was, when I came and did <clears throat> of course you your did show. The challenge, yeah. yeah, yeah, the challenge, yeah. With, it was me and, P- and Paddy C- C- Considine, yeah. which was yeah, a, yeah, 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 of course it night. was, yeah. But, but yeah, I had seen I, I had seen him once or twice, and I've seen him since. But yeah, just an amazing. It's so ridiculous, <laughs> so yeah, oh, knocked up. But but it works perfectly, right? Well, I think so. It made us laugh. Yeah, and I think it was the same thing. I think I think people got it. <clears throat> I remember doing it in Brighton. I don't know if I told you, and we were we'd been on stage about half an hour. It was me, it was Brian, and Charles, and some woman said apparently said to. Person she was sat with us. I think there's a I think there's a man inside that robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, love it. Is. I genuinely every time I watched, I was trying to figure out the mechanics of it because yeah. it's like obviously there's some, but it's it's really hard to figure out what where the person is, how. The, yeah, do, do you know what I mean? It's and that probably sounds back of the stage st- 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 stupid because from you. Knowing how it all it's like, well, it's just yeah, a man really in a box. Basic. But having not seen that, you are kind of like, right, well, how does this work? Yeah. What is the setup? I love so, it. what would be great is Rupert would be at the back on a laptop voicing Charles. So, if we got heckled, he could then respond through child, Charles yeah. to the hecklers. And they were like, what? How's he doing that? Yeah. How's the robot doing that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we just, and I remember it was Chris, actually. Chris was, I think it was Chris was the one who said, I want to get this on screen. Because yeah. I think we had heard some other guy on the circuit sort of doing something with voice, with the software. So we were like, oh, let's just capture Brian and Charles before mm-hmm. someone else does yeah. something similar. And that yeah, was why we made it short. Yeah. When turning it into a feature film with pr- producers and investors and money, yeah. Was there any thought on changing Charles at all or things like that? Because again, he's 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 very much like the Charles of like look yeah. wise and everything. It's it's the Charles that we've seen on stage essentially. Yeah. Was there any thought of do we need to change him? Or was it no. straight away essentially it has to be this Oh it has to be that essentially that... knocked up in an hour. Yeah, we wanted <laughs> that start. thing of Well, that's just a bloke inside a box yeah. in a movie. So we we thought that was fun, but there were there were concerns when we were filming on set where not genuine because but I would look at Chris, he'd walk on as Charles, go, Fucking hell, if people don't buy into this, we <laughs> fucked it. It's as said, it's what's amazing about it is how quickly you buy into it. Did you see L- L- Lamb last year? It was an A24 no. film. It was a, f- a film called Lamb on A24. And A24 do all the cool, yeah. cool arty stuff. And um, it's about a woman and a husband who live on a farm. And w- one of the lambs that's born like, is upright like oh. a human. And they put clothes on it and it's their baby. And they 
it's a big secret they don't want anyone to see, but they're bringing up this lamb as a child. And it's not a oh, comedy. Wow. It's just this bizarre, surreal thing. And it was a similar thing. It, Brian and Charles made me think of that because of how quickly I was just accepting of, oh, they've got a child who's a lamb now. And yeah, yeah. similarly, oh, his mate's a robot. Great, on we go. It didn't. It didn't. It's it's amazing. I think you've n- m- m- nailed it. I can completely see how when you're on set, in those weird moments when, oh my god, the, mag- the magic is pulled away for a minute, and you're like, hang on, what are we doing? Yeah, I know. Well, What's I mean, going the, on I here? guess in those moments we had the confidence of the short where it, people seem to buy yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. going to be that over ninety minutes. But I, there definitely are moments like. Really, they've put all this money into this film. Yeah. Do they know what they're doing. Yeah, because we don't. <laughs> and how's it been? As the reactions have started to come in, because it's getting really good, good reactions. The industry, yeah. everyone I talk to, who's seen it in the industry, not just in your stupid Twitch community, in the real world. <laughs> everyone I talk, all the real people I talk to about it, oh, yeah, um, yeah. really, are really rating it. So, how's that kind of been to? to start to get that confirmation is, oh, it wasn't absolute nonsense. Uh, it's just, it's really lovely more than anything. It's just a relief. It's like, yeah. oh, thank fuck for that. Yeah. When I first started writing the film, I'd never written a film before. I thought, how the hell do you get from minute one to 90? Yeah. Without someone wanting to turn off after, after five minutes because they're yeah. bored. So yeah. actually I remember, I think it was Ricky said to me, it's really hard to make a shit movie. Right. Like it's almost impossible to make a good movie. Yeah. It's really hard to make a shit one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just hard full stop. So um, the fact that we might have got away with it, I don't know. I don't know how we did that. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I'm excited. Um, when did Jim come on board? Because, again, he's the, – one of the reasons I'm excited to talk to him is he's doing everything I adore at the moment. He, he worked on, on Young Offenders. Obviously, yeah. I love – Brian and Charles, Big Boys, I think, is the best new TV show. I binged it all this last weekend. Oh, really? I haven't seen it's it yet. It's absolutely astounding. It's on Channel 4. Um, it's only six 25-minute episodes, so you can watch it in a day, and it's fantastic. Really? So I was, I'd, I'd decided to reach out because of Brian and Charles, and as soon as I looked everything else up, I was like, oh, this will be easy. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. we might have to do a mini episode. It might have to be a, a 20 minute episode because he's, yeah. I don't really know who this, this, this guy is. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's my absolute hero. So oh, when did he come on board and how was, how, uh, how was that? Rupert knew him. So right. we needed, when we, we, we had the, the short idea and uh, got in touch with Jim. Jim liked Brian and Charles. I think he knew Charles. So he got on board at that point and, uh, yeah, he obviously did a lovely job of the short, and uh, it's so easy to work with. Yeah, I mean, imagine what I'm like. You know, <laughs> so he's very good with me. Well, how do you f- f- find that filming in general? Because something I've realised about you is <laughs> that I think you really like being at home. And, I th- <laughs> and again, that's not that's not an insult at all. But I think that's yeah. why comedy was always going to be. Uh, uh, a conflict with you and it's why filming and tv shows and things like that can be because i think you, you enjoy being at home you like home you like being at home writing or twitch or whatever else well it's just safer isn't it 
It's safer. Yeah, I guess so. It's safer. Like, I find, I find, yeah, just all of that acting. I mean, I've just done a film in Ireland. I had to have counselling yeah. to, to, to take the role. Wow. I had to speak to someone. Yeah. And because um, I was sort of fed up with feeling that way. and um, It's what I joked about at the start, but genuinely, I've not, I've never known someone who's as good as you but has such self-doubt and i think that's it i've spoken to you about roles before and you think why do they want me or i'm gonna mess it up or i'm gonna ruin it for everyone or whatever else it's like no no you're really good (laughs) okay yeah yeah so how just look at other people and go i just think they're better at it (laughs) i tell you what i was thinking about this I was thinking about how we were going to have this particular part of the conversation as as I was having a walk this morning. And I was thinking of when I had Kevin Smith on the podcast. Yeah. And Kevin Smith spoke about how he blew up making Kevin Smith films. Mm. And then when he got success, he started to try and make what he would call proper films. Yeah. And then he had to have a moment of going, no, hang on. What I'm good at. He's yeah. Kevin Smith films. So number one, that's what I'm good at. And number two, his his brilliant realization was no one else wants to, f- to fucking make Kevin Smith films. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. important for me to make <laughs> yeah. Kevin Smith films because otherwise yeah. they don't yeah. exist. And I think there's, it was such an inspiration for, for me hearing that going as someone who's trying to, you know, I've been acting for six, six years now and for at least four or five. I've been writing scripts and had them at different levels of development and things like that. And there are points where you start to go, how do I get into the film industry? How do I be that person up there? Particularly on acting roles. Every time I get an audition for like a Marvel thing or whatever, I'm like, (gasps) yeah. And it it should be equally as exciting for the weird oddball things that I may be a better fit for. Um, Right. But it's only in this last year or so that, and again, partly after speaking to Kevin Smith j- j- just before the pandemic, that I went, no, I need to try and write stuff that only I would write. Not trying to think, yeah. oh, what can I get made? Or what do the studios w- want at the moment? And what's oh, in absolutely. demand? Instead going, what would no one else write? <laughs> and then I probably won't get it made, but at least I've written something that no yeah, one else and, would but write. Also, I think if you get a project away... It's going to be a few years of your life, so you better want to write it and yeah. be involved in it. Otherwise, 100%. you're going to fucking resent it. Yeah, yeah. So now, I anything I do now, I have to really want to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, but that's a really good point. I, in fact, I had a moment this year when I thought, do you know what? This is what I do. Take it or leave it. If people want to hire me, great. If they don't, fine. Yeah, yeah. But I had that, yeah. I think that's a really good place to be and and position to be because i think this all of the industries that you've made your career in are set up to make you compare yourself to everyone else Mm. are set up to be well they're doing better than me or they're doing this or they're doing that and it's so easy to slip into that but when you can get to that point of well here's what i do you know i take a leave in acting i had to get to that realization quicker than most because I'm six foot four. I've got a big beard. Are you really? Six foot four? <laughs> yeah. I'm a, yeah. I'm a massive bloke with a big beard. And that really is a take it or leave it. There's not a lot I can do about that. So I know that a lot of roles are walk in the room. Do you get like unbearable nerves? No, 
where you're no, paralyzed. Not at all. And it's wow. it's uh, it's not a confidence thing on my side. It's kind of the the absolute of of your feeling of of um, imposter syndrome for, for me in music and everything. Because again, I still live in the, sm- the same small town I've always lived in, and growing up, I was the kid with a stammer. Yeah, no one expected me to be doing music, podcasting, yeah. acting. So I constantly feel fucking hell. How mental is this? Yeah. It's mad that I get to do this. So rather than thinking I shouldn't be here, going, oh no, I know I shouldn't be here. So <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have the fucking time of my oh, life. There's nice. no there, there's no wondering if I shouldn't be here. That's kind of confirmed already many years ago in my head yeah, and in my nice. psychologically in, in my psychology. It's instead going fucking nuts. Let's enjoy yeah, this. So yeah, I, no, I instead right. get that in, enjoyment and excitement of going on set of getting a role. And obviously there is a level of am I up to it and panic, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the thing that's exciting in a way about film and TV is it's, I don't think, (laughs) I I, I guess it's at my level at the moment. The the level of roles I'm getting, I can't really ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, I'd be easy to edit round if I was that bad. Right. I'm not really having to think that I'm at the very front that it's like, right, (laughs) I could really fuck this up. Because you've, you've acted opposite some, What's it like up close watching them do there? That's been really helpful as well. Has so it? The, the first ever role I got was in a Guy Ritchie film yeah. uh, with Charlie Hunnam. Like the first scene ever I had was on with Charlie Hunnam, and he's he was the lead in Sons of Anarchy. And he, at that point, he just turned down Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, God, I turned so down it, that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But you were playing the woman, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. It was a very different take. Um, Charles turned down the lead. Um, But but yeah, so I'm on set and I'm I'm, I'm walking onto this set. It's my first ever time and it's halfway up Snowdon and there's at least 100 extras on horseback and it's a helicopter shot. And I'm like, fuck me. I had no lines, so I'm good. I'm just in the background as one of the... I'm, I'm up the front because I was meant to be one of the main clan members. So okay. we're there for this meeting. And he's so we're not shooting this, at this point. You're just getting Just position. getting ready and getting okay. in, in position. So we're all in position. Really, luckily, Guy and Charlie were fans or had heard my music, at least, and the podcast. So they yeah. came over say, all right, mate, oh, wicked. This is your first day. It's, it's cool to have you on set. So that kind of was like, oh, cool. I was like, this is cool. This is nice. See, I would have cried at that point. But then they did the first take and (laughs) Charlie and the guy who was acting opposite, whose name I can never remember. It's an awkward pronunciation, so I don't want to attempt it and sound offensive. Um, They both lost their lines and they're like, ah, fuck. No, no, sorry. Can we go again? And girl was like, yeah, all good, mate. Let's go again. We'll do it. And they all laughed at it. And it wasn't oh. a big deal. So that was the best introduction yeah, but... to, uh, to, to acting because I'm like, right, number one, these are Were huge... they re- genuinely laughing? Yeah. Were they genuinely Gen- relaxed? Genuinely, genuinely relaxed. And I, I think, think that was that the benefit of Guy Ritchie. I think his experience, he's so relaxed on set. But Is he really? Yeah. So I think that was the perfect introduction f- f- uh, for me to see, number one, these guys are the best and they've forgotten their lines. Number two, this is a fucking helicopter shot on the side of a mountain. So this is as big as it gets, and it wasn't a big deal. And, yeah, so that made me really relaxed for kind of, yeah, at at points you're going to forget your lines. Yeah. Um, 
It's you know what? It's not it's what even it forgetting my lines. It's the delivering in it in a certain way so that the director looks round at his sidekick or whatever and goes, Ooh. I will say I was one hundred percent edited out of that film. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm not in it at all. I'm not, I'm not sure if I've told told you this. I know I've told you, I've told the podcast before, but I got my invite through my agent f- for the premiere, and I was like, "Oh, exciting!" And I, 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 I hit up Neil Maskell, who I'd buddied up with. I was like, "You going to the premiere?" He's like, "Oh, there's a cast and crew one the day before. You coming to that?" I was like, oh, "I haven't heard about that." So I hit my agent up. Turns out I'd been invited to the premiere because of the podcast. Oh, they didn't even know I was meant to be in the film. But no you didn't one have any lines of dialogue. No, There's... I did. No, I did originally in in other scenes. I was filming for about a month. I had other scenes that had lines of oh, dialogue. They cut you out. Scenes. They they. It was a two. It, honestly, it was you, a two. You know, I I love shit like this. It it was a two year edit. So they were editing it for two years, and they took out a whole story arc. And it happened to be the story arc that my character was on. Um, okay. I've been assured it's not because of me, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yes, so I wasn't in it at all, but I didn't know. So I'd got my invite to my first ever premiere and it turns out that only invited me because I've got a big podcast, not because I'm in it. So and I you then, felt fine about that, so that I, that I would have crumbled, I think. Yeah, no, but... I, didn't, I didn't feel great about it at all. Um, <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> I, when I got invited to the premiere, I was meant to be going to LA early the next morning and I was like, right, fuck it, I'm going to go to the premiere. When I found out I wasn't in it, of course I didn't go to the premiere. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just went off to LA and got on with my life. But um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel... That was heartbreaking to have... But again, I now feel fine about it. This is all very zen and everything. But yeah. I realised, as we've heard from that conversation there, the amount I learned on that set, that hasn't been edited out, if you know what I mean. Like I, I learned so much from different actors and different from Neil Maskell in particular. He he took me under his his wing a bit, and I learned loads on that. So, who cares if I'm in the in the background or not? Yeah, my thing is on set when it, when it takes sort of a few days. I don't know. I feel like it takes a few days to find your feet, mm. and then when you find your feet, you can relax and you can play. Yeah, it's those first two or three days where you go, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And then you just obviously got to just trust the director, but it's that fear of looking over a director and they just, they've just got. <laughs> I really enjoyed, I was doing a show during the pandemic and one of the things that they did was they got the writer and a few of us lead cast all on a Zoom. No, a few Zooms oh, before. And it was because of COVID stuff. It was because of COVID stuff. So it wasn't anything uncomfortable, but... Yeah, that really helped me for being comfortable when we're finally on set because we had a few of these Zoom calls to go over COVID protocols. So there wasn't any pressure on you to be the character or doing a read through or anything like that. But it just meant we all knew each other a bit. Yeah. So it meant that first day on set wasn't a kind of horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I've sort of come away from the last job going, oh, Everyone's got a bit of insecurity. Yeah. No one really knows what they're doing. And this is what I do. Take it or leave it. I love it. So I, I feel- mean, that excites me for, for, for more things ahead because, as said, I was fairly certain we were about to get to a point where you never do anything again because <laughs> you get amazing roles offered and go, no, 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 no. Oh, You've God. made a mistake, sir. 
<laughs> oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the pandemic, let's talk about Twitch because mm. I think Twitch has brought us closer because I've thoroughly oh. enjoyed watching you on Twitch, interacting in there. Sometimes you're the last person who texts me before I go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm now a Twitch streamer as well. Talk to me about it all because it's an amazing thing. Prior to your streams, and my mate Natasha Fox was the one who let me know you'd started streaming. For some reason, I didn't. I hadn't caught it, and I started tuning in. Prior to your streams, I'd watched a bit of Twitch, but I wasn't particularly into it. Now, I struggle to find the hours in the day to keep up with all the streamers that I genuinely really enjoy. No. Um, so bizarre, how was it, it to kind of... What caused it? It's because you were, were stuck at home, right? Yeah, stuck at home. Luckily, me and Joe had a writing job, so that was all right. But um, I think I'm constantly just trying to do new bits and pieces, especially online. And I spoke to Ian Lee, I think. Yeah. Well, I definitely spoke to him and he said, oh, you should have a go. And I'd once been on Twitch and had a look at it and immediately backed out because I didn't know what was going on. It's um, mad, isn't it? Because it takes 10 minutes to get acclimatised to it. But I'd been exactly the same. I'm in there going, I don't know what these people are talking about. This is all about No, bonkers. I don't know what all these little funny little icons yeah. are. I don't know who these people are. I don't know. That bloke in the corner of the screen looks a bit of a bully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had yeah. all this, but then I, I thought, fuck it, I'll have a go. And then, oh my God, <laughs> really enjoyed it. I hadn't played computer games for 20 years. Yeah. To that, I thought, wow, these are good. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm in, uh, in, such, in such a similar position with mine. I, like, yeah. I had someone, I had one of my mods the other day because I'm, I have to be off for a bit because I've got some other things on. They're like, you know, you can still do a bit of gaming off stream. I'm like, no. Nah. I kind of, I'm not a gamer. I hadn't no. played, I hadn't why played, would I do that? I hadn't really played games in 10 years. I'll play when I'm on because I yeah, really enjoy why? that. And the interaction and everyone and, oh, and the help and the help you can get as well. That's all yeah, yeah. Virus. Like, I never think about playing a game on my Todd. So it's all about that little community. And I mean, where do you start with it? I feel like. It's interesting because you started off in character. You started off being Gittins and Cumbo, and then there was a point where it felt you got comfortable with just going on and and just being yourself. Uh, Yes, sort of myself. Comfortable slash slash couldn't be asked to do these characters for Couldn't be asked to do them. And now the idea of going on and doing a character, I cringe inside out. I just, there's no way I'm doing that. And also, it's fucking tiring. Yeah. Yeah. Like having to come back with a, trying to come back with a funny line or a characterful line. So now it's like, I don't know. I mean, I worry that someone listening to this will go, oh, shut up. I'm not interested in what. Honestly, I remember the moments I knew the characters were put to dead was when you gave a reaction to something as combo and someone in chat was like, oh, I'd like took it as if it was coming from you. It was like it was about a woman on TV or something, oh, and you right. broke character and was like, "Look, don't ruin this kind of thing." Oh, right. Because it was if you're in right. character, you can't then be like no. David Earl said or this. No. Or that. It's like no, no, you're ruining it now. It's now, yeah, you're taking it into the real world, and we're not in the real world at the moment. No, and also I feel like it, it, it sort of reminds me of when you see a comedian kind of on an interview being interviewed. And they're in character, and that's that's cringy because then 
yeah. <laughs> and I, for me, it's just it's just very tiring when being in character, and it, it feels like work. Now I'm just sit there and not say anything for ten minutes and just in, enjoy yourself. Song. Did it help you over the the weird period of of lockdown? Because again, you've got a genuinely great community in there. There Amazing. are some fucking weirdos, obviously, oh, but there's sure. always going to be. Um, <laughs> but it's really oh, good. Sure. And as I said, I, there's loads that I chat to, like have come over to my streams and stuff. Yeah. And, there's, I, and just from as a viewer, there's loads that I'd interact with loads on there. And yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a beautiful thing. I right? didn't realise how much it it helped during pa- the pandemic, but my god, looking back now, mm. it, g- it gave the day a bit of structure. It was a bit of creativity. It was a feeling of yeah, oh, I'm not alone in this weird time. I mean, why did why why did it take you so long to get involved? I enjoyed being a fan. I was just like, right. I'm, I'm I'm not really up. Like, it doesn't excite me being on there. I like being part of the community. I really enjoyed. Blind Boys and Limmies as well and a few others, Annie and Lee. But it was yours that I was watching every stream and I was just like, I'm fine just being, I'm yeah. fine just watching. Yeah. Um, and then when you were off filming for a while, yeah. was when I'd been thinking about it anyway and then I had an opportunity to join a server that Limmy was doing and I was like... Don't even know give, what that means. Let's just give it a fucking go. I don't know so, what that means. So... Limmy was playing a game called Rust, yeah. which is an online yeah. game like Minecraft, but you can yeah. make your own server, so it's invite only. So he's paid to have a little bit of Rust on its own. A little bit of the game? Yeah, essentially. So say you're playing... like Minecraft is the one that people have an idea of. Say the whole yeah. of Minecraft is this. Yeah, You can grab that and put a version of it over here mm-hmm. that only you and your mates are okay. allowed on. Okay. Uh, uh, so it's like that. With Rust, it's maps, but it's not it's your own map, but a version okay. of the map that they're playing, you've now got over here, and it's your invite community. only. Right. Your community in there. I've been talking to Mr. Edge about doing a Rust server, and now Limmy's stopped his at some point of, I'll pay for uh, for the server. You can be on there. Ed, because basically Mr. Edge is a Rust expert, it turns out. I should explain love, that Mr. Edge is exactly, one of your... I love this. People listen to this. Sorry, Mr. Edge is one of your community. and he's, he's, yeah. If he listens to this, he's going to be sat up on his sofa. Yeah. He's, he's got hours and hours of Rust experience. So I love, really? the, I love the idea of you being in a game and being able to actually bump into Terry units yeah. <laughs> and be face-to-face. <laughs> Again, Terry oh, units is another member of the community. <laughs> Don't worry about it, listeners. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I ha- how do you fit? Because I spoke, I spoke to you sort of recently-ish, and you said you seemed a bit tired from streaming. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely had. I had that in February to the yeah. point where I thought, I think that's it now. I thought you were done, and it's yeah, had and me greatly. And you, uh, but you're back, and I'm back. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I've I've realised the key thing for me was pushing any idea of responsibility out of my head because that's okay. when it gets tiring and knackering. The, the, that you've got a responsibility, as you were saying about podcasts before, when yeah. you're annoyed that one doesn't a, a come out. The reality is yeah. Netflix has got a million shows. There's a million streamers. Everyone will be all right. If yeah, I have to no, miss absolutely. a stream, then I have to miss a stream. It is what it is. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, removing that was a big thing for me because I was just generally as as we talk about this now. And my dad has an operation in a couple of days, and I've got a kind of I'm going to be looking after him a bit. And originally, I was thinking, right, well, if I'm round there, I could pop home at this time and stream for a bit and all that. And then I just went, oh no, hang on, I could just not. So I've told my yeah. my community I might not be on at all, like for a yeah. week or two, because I've got yeah, other yeah. things to do. But genuinely, yeah. the first thought in my mind was, well, you'll probably have a nap around th- this time, so I can pop home and just like, what am I doing? It's... I've not got a responsibility to fucking stream. So yeah, no. that was the, br- the the breakthrough for me. Now I'm just when well, I'm going on and enjoying it, or whenever I want yeah. to enjoy it, you know. And also, if you're enjoying the game, mm-hmm. then it will shine through. And I've tried so many times to have a go at games that my heart's, my heart's not in it. And then, you know, it all yeah. goes to shit. So if you, if you find a little game that you enjoy doing, yeah, it's such a weird world. I also feel I'm on my toes a lot on yeah. Twitch. I have to be, I'm really careful who's coming in. Yeah. Just reading the chat, working out what they mean by certain, it's, making sure everyone's all right and nice and friendly i think again for people who don't know that's one of the reasons you have mods or moderators so you have people who are in your community who are there to go oh i'll ban this person if if someone turns up and starts being racist and you're 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 buried in a game of cricket and you're not noticing all this abuse and horrible stuff happening, you have people there to keep i was playing i was playing a game on friday playing cricket and uh someone just came in and said you're shit yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and then they were banned immediately. <laughs> yeah. But you have. You, I do need you moment. to. I do need you to unban me. To be honest, that was and I was. <laughs> I was being quite reasonable. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. just I I worry that this conversation is going a bit too inside the actor studios, a bit too sure. inside baseball. So I'm going to steer into that. I've got some questions from the twat cupboard. Oh my! Which god. is your community on Twitch? <laughs> oh my god! So, who do you want to hear from? Is there anyone in particular you'd like to to oh, to have questions me. from? Go on. Um, well, let's start with a question from Billy Boots, a, yeah. w- a wonderful member of the community. Ah! <laughs> He's he wants to know how you think your personality has changed, good or bad, as a direct result of regularly streaming on Twitch. My personality. Do, do you feel it's changed you at all or your outlook, even on stream or off stream, I guess? Yeah, I've come out of my shell. Yeah. I've come out of my shell more. That's good. And- I, I completely agree, agree on that because I, I remember early points of Twitch, you would be like, oh, is this shit? Is this, is this yeah. cringy? Am I doing this? Like, now you just do what you want to do on there. You don't go, no. oh, is this, am I being a streamer? Kind yeah. Of thing, you know? Yeah. And or, uh, like, hiding behind characters and voices and da 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 and so I've come out my shell more. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay. Thank you, Lily. <laughs> Let's go for a question from Mushy Peas. Mushy Um which of your comic creators what is going on here? That's what I'm loving. That's what I love about this. I did an episode I did an episode with Tim Key the other day and oh, I, hadn't, I hadn't told him, but beforehand I just decided I'm gonna make almost all the questions about previous podcast appearances he's made. Oh, okay. So I basically I basically spent an hour reviewing his previous podcast appearances. <laughs> I loved it. I don't think anyone else, any of the listeners will have enjoyed it, but no. I had the time of my life. Now he's my favourite, that man. He's amazing, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's. I think he's the best. I agree. I've. I've yeah. I, 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 at some point during the lockdown, I did a late night tweet when I had insomnia, saying I've had a think, and I think the three people who make me laugh the most in Britain are Tim Key, Lou Sanders, and Bob Mortimer. Just consistently, yeah. just yeah, yeah, anything yeah. they do, it's going to yeah. be consistently hilarious yeah. for me. But now nah, he's. Yeah. Anyway, love you, Tim. So, <laughs> Mushy Peas, which of your comic creations would you choose to have a caravan holiday with? Fucking hell, that annoys me, that question. Next. Do you want to move on? <laughs> yeah. Next. We can move on with any of them. Um, <laughs> right, Andy Sayer. Uh, uh, Andy! Uh, 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 an absolute stalwart. A oh, key part of your streams. Um, yeah. There are many strings to David L's bow, but if you could only do one job from now on, which would it be? Musician, (gasps) stand-up, actor, streamer, or window cleaner? I'm going to throw Gardner in there. You did a bit of groundskeeping, didn't you? Oh, I'd love to be a musician. Love to be a musician. Yeah, a a musician would be your number one choice. Oh, I'd love to be good at that. Yeah. I can't believe you've thrown that to the weight. He must be nuts. (laughs) I'd love to be... I'd love, love to do that. A, a Brick Goldstein spent ages moaning at me for leaving music. He's like, you know, oh. every actor wants to be a musician. You, you, yeah. You're doing this the wrong way around. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm done with that. I'm going over to acting. Oh, that's where the fun is. <laughs> anyway. A little question from Amy. Oh. Um, if you didn't stream, what do you think you would fill the void with as an artistic outlet? And well, do you, do you think know, you, you'd ever consider doing any directing? So a double question. Huh. Well, that is a thing, actually. It's now become such a part of my schedule, like working till half three and then streaming for an hour and a half, two hours. I know. It's a tricky one. It's mm. a tricky one. How would you it's feel a, that time? Yeah. When we moved down to Devon, I said to my wife, I just want to work in the morning, stream for an hour or two, and then go down the beach. Yeah. That was my... That was my lifestyle. I love it. Dream. Yeah. I love it. Well, I mean, speaking of, again, if this does feel weird and confusing or alienating to any listeners, I love when the the realities cross. And an example of that is you started doing a podcast about starting supporting Exeter. You fell in love with the team. You're you're, blo- you're podcasting about it. You then started playing as Exeter on FIFA, and you wrote a song about the team. Some of the fans or some of the players started w- watching your stream, and that song ended up being played at the Exeter match where they got promotion. <laughs> How yeah, fucking insane is that? Again, that this Twitch thing is this weird niche I'm, thing. And another example, I know. you were playing the cricket game and absolutely doing it. They were making a new cricket game, so someone yeah. involved was a fan. You ended up being put into the cricket game. You had to go and have like scans of your face and stuff and be and be part of it. So it is this weird alien world, but yeah. the crossover with reality is oh, it's fucking glorious. Yeah. I just feel if you can well, it's not for everyone, but you know, people stick their nose in and go, What's going on here? And for yeah. some, they're there a year later. Yeah. They suddenly it clicks, they get it. <laughs> No, it's, yeah. I mean, I yeah. watch TV now and go, where's the community? Genuinely. Down the side of the Genuinely. screen. Genuinely. Speaking of the community, <laughs> yeah. Tom Apsley, yeah. do you consider yourself a generous lover? <laughs> uh, yeah. A generous lover? 
What do yeah. I take my time with my lady? <laughs> Not particularly. <laughs> Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I need to... Th- no. I need to throw in a question from Mr. Edge, the man that, that compiled these for me, that I hit up to get to get community questions in. Um, yeah. He's put three, and they're wonderful. Do you think that Major oh. Charles Ingram really cheated to win Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Uh, I don't know enough about the story. Thanks for the question. Okay, we'll go on to the next one. Can the original 1980s film, The Blues Brothers, be classed as a musical? Never seen it. I'll tell you what, I saw five minutes of it, and it, I hated what I saw. I remember my best mate growing up, R- Ricky Clayden, he, l- he loved The Blues Brothers, and I pretended to love it for a long time. And I think the reality is I didn't get it. I wasn't <laughs> grown up enough for that. No, maybe I need to watch it again. These, uh, thanks for these questions. Mr. Edge. And finally, what's the one project you've worked on that you always thought deserved to have done better than it actually did? Oh, my God. That's a horrible question. Yep. Answer it honestly. (laughs) Answer it honestly. (laughs) Better than it did. So what does that mean? Get better reviews, bigger audience? Bigger audience, better reviews, maybe a second series, third series. If it's a TV thing. I was really proud of the Cockfields. I was really proud of that. Yeah. And I was def- I was proud I of moments, agree. definitely moments of it. So I- I'll be honest with you, because that hasn't been recommissioned. And off the back of that, mm-hmm. I've sort of gone, nah, fuck it then. Yeah. Yeah. I could understand that. I thought it was great. As as you know, again, I'm, I, 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 I was, I was a, a big fan of the, 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 the Cockfields as well. And again, it's tough because it's everything that should be praised and succeed. Like it, it is, it's nice. It is, it's appealing to everyone. It's not trying to go. What can we do that's fucking crazy? What well, What can we do? Yeah, I, we we really wanted to make something that again accessible. That we wanted to do a family sitcom. I knew it was super hard. Anyway, whatever. It'll be that one. Mm. I was really proud of it. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna end with a question from. Cats in Oakland. Ah! I, I mean, I'm tempted to ask for a full rendition of 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 their song again for people who don't know the uh, the people in in David's community. If they're really regular, they get a song written about yeah. them, and the peahen song is always a moment of calm during the storm that is a David yeah. L stream. But Cats's question is one thing I've always been curious about: is the evolution of the Brian Gittins character and if there's any relationship between Brian and Kev. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. From Afterlife, obviously. Um, I mean, Ricky wrote Kev. I mean, we did improv in there. Yeah, and obviously, like, mannerisms and, you know. (laughs) What's the question again? Is there any relationship? Absolutely. Is there a relation between Brian and Kev? Absolutely there is. Absolutely. But, you know, when I wrote Brian for the film, like, Ricky has his version which is uh, sort of um, sexy and dirty. And when I wrote Brian for the film, <laughs> I wanted something that my boys would want to watch. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, there's two more questions. Do, do you want the last uh, two or shall we r- wrap it up there? I just feel if we do one, we're going to have to do both because I can't just just leave one person. No, in fact, I'm going to make okay. you choose. That's nice. Do you want a question from Van Halen or from Biffalo? It's got to be from the Biffalo, the mysterious witch woman. 
that's coming from the mysterious witch woman. Um, when you d- delete content that you've made, is it because you regret making it or you're bored of it and want to move on? <laughs> I regret performing full stop. And so if I can delete anything that I've done in the past <laughs> that suggests I might have performed. <laughs> happily get rid. Yeah. Well, I'll wrap things up. We've not touched upon Cumbo no. at all, and Cumbo is one of my favourite characters that, that you've done. And it might have been Cumbo that drew me into you watching Twitch. I think it was you doing Cumbo playing Sims was the first thing that I started to watch on there. So Cumbo is a character that's based on kind of your kind of almost sure ditchy TV film industry type kind of young yeah. or, or yeah. acting yeah. young yeah. and not quite yeah. so young. Are there any plans for anything Cumbo-based? Do you still love Cumbo? How do you feel about Cumbo? I feel like that that kind of character has been done so much now. I see it. Like, I watched a bit of Peacock, and I was like, yeah. that's similar. It's like, I think yeah. it's dead, really. I just feel like it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a valid point. Did Did you have any ever have any paranoia that someone was going to tune into you as Cumbo on Twitch and not realise it's a character? No. <laughs> Should have done, really. <laughs> That could have happened a lot, I think. There's yeah, a lot of streamers you can go, all right, here's a here's combo. We've got I've got an idea, a really vague idea for a, a combo film that me and Jim were talking about that might have. But anyway, no. I love it. Well, I'll wrap things up by asking what is ahead? Is it a focus on Twitch until the next project? You have caught me at a time <laughs> where I am treading water. And I don't know which direction to swim in. It's genuinely why I think, and it's weird that we've both got both of these now. It's why I think podcasting and Twitch are so helpful because anything in the in the creative world, like we were saying before, how would you f- you fill the gap from Twitch? Imagine if you didn't have Twitch or a podcast. What would you do in between jobs? But my worry is that a podcast yeah. and a Twitch leaves you treading water. And I'm wondering right. if it... And not chasing. Exactly. You're not doing anything particularly meaningful or that might satisfy. So maybe Twitch. Shout out to the community. (laughs) (laughs) They know what I mean. But but my worry is that (laughs) you're basically you're having a little chunk of chocolate when you should be having. Yeah. A nice plate of lasagna. I think that's one of the things that, that 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 when we were talking before and I was struggling with Twitch a little bit was also I'd hit a few walls on the right in front and I was thinking, yeah. am I pushing this hard enough, or am I have I got a nice distraction to go? Yes. I know that's not really working, but look at this. Have yeah. a little dopamine hit or whatever. And yeah, yeah. How old are you? I'm f- forty. Forty, fantastic. So I'm still in in, in my prime. <laughs> 40's great. I'm now, yeah, anyway. If, uh, mate, if I was to work out the front of my house, crowds would gather cheering. <laughs> That's the difference. They? I wouldn't have neighbours <laughs> not going. Are you all right, David? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Um, anyway, it's been a joy, mate. Um, yeah, thank you, mate. It's been lovely t- to catch up. I wanted, well, I've been wanting to talk to you about Twitch since you've started it because it's such a weird world that, I don't know if any of the listeners will understand, but no, I know. it's fucking glorious as soon as you're in it. So I'm glad we got because, to talk oh, that. Honestly, if I was a listener and hadn't done Twitch how I was two or three years ago and, and the 
conversation went into that, I would have turned off. 100%. So anyone who's still listening, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Ryan and Charles is, a, is in yeah. cinemas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was David Oh, I hope you enjoyed it. Seriously, if you can get into the cinemas this week, go and see Brian and Charles. You won't regret it. It's amazing. It's deserving all the praise it's getting, and it deserves big numbers in the box office. It's important for independent films in general to support independent films, if you know what I mean. Films like this doing well means more films like this will be made, and that means the world to me. So, yeah, support if you can. That's all I'm going to say. I'll be back on Friday to say that again as I chat with the director of Brian and Charles, Mr Jim Archer. Yeah, I'll see you then. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.